Volume. Hello, I'm Amina Deka Asma, and in this episode, we are with news organization Scroller that was featured on episode 4 of season 1. As an organization, they produce mobile first community news in both English and Isizulu that is easy to consume and readily available at your fingertips. The very idea of Scroller was about tapping into the market of what you call vernacular speakers. Isizulu being the language that it's also spoken and understood by Kosa-speaking people in the Eastern Cape all the way to the Western Cape and parts of the Free State. So it's a it's a very, very dominant language in, in, in South Africa. Even if you are not Zulu yourself, it's a language that you can speak, you can understand. Speaking as Zukile Machova, Managing Director at Scroller, telling us how their platform differs from other news platforms. The, then we decided to go into, into mobile. Most of the time, people design websites and try to turn them into mobile web news sources, which doesn't always work. Our institution, Scroller, is designed strictly for mobile. At some point, we had a, a cheeky thing that we introduced for PCs and all of that to say, for best views of Scroller, go to mobile. We think there's a huge penetration of mobile. There's going to be a lot of that in Africa, in South Africa, and, and, and everywhere else. Mobile is the, is the future. You are listening to Media Diaries, the new normal edition. The show is brought to you by the South African Media Innovation Programme and produced by Volume. For each episode, we are going to step into a different organisation and explore how they're adapting their content production processes to what has become known as the new normal that COVID-19 has forced us to adjust to. In this episode, we are with news organisation Scroller, also commonly known as Scroller Africa. This news organization produces and reports on important community news designed to be consumed via mobile phones for both English and Isizulu audiences. Here is Zukile again. We have a joint newsroom. We believe strongly that the modern South African, middle class, black South African, is comfortable in both languages and even in conversation moves from Zulu to English fluently without even being aware uh, that they are making such a change. Somebody who can read English will be able to read Zulu, would like to read Zulu and all of those things. Sometimes you forget uh, some of the deeper language. So reading Zulu would also remind you of some of the nice Zulu idioms and how to use them and all of that. He briefly runs us through the production process of each story. Basically, being a, a single newsroom, Uh, We all work together. Sometimes someone will be comfortable to start a story in Zulu and and it will be translated to English. Most of the time, our stories come from English, even if it's written uh, by us uh, Zulu readers. It's not exactly a direct copy of the English. That is the Zulu Zulu, uh, side of scroller. Uh, Sometimes stories from KZN. Uh, Nongoma, stories like the king, uh, queen, and uh, a lot of things that would interest uh, Zulu-speaking people uh, would lead the pages in the in, in the Zulu site, and might not necessarily lead the, the, the pages in the English site. Also making mention of the decision-making process involved in separating the English and Isizulu news copies. It's an interesting uh, dialogue that we have uh, on a daily basis about uh, what's going to lead the English and what's going to lead, lead the Zulu. And sometimes uh, we would say, no, 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 we don't want that English story. We are fine with the, with the story that we have. It's an, it's an ongoing thing. 
uh, we, we start translating around the evening, I think about 8, 9 p.m. Stories uh, that are proofed and ready to go to go online, then sent to the translators in Durban. Then they, they, they start doing their translations, decide what's going to be key priority for the Zulu site. And, and we translate those. We don't translate everything English. Then in the morning, we, we, we load some more. The team's ISA Zulu translators are Sibongile Nonyana and Zuzile Nlela. Here is Zuzile running us through the intricacies of the work her and Sibongile do. Basically, two of my colleagues and I are part of the translation team. The editorial team sends us the material that is already proofed and needs translation. We then translate the stories, bearing in mind to respect the Zulu language and translate what will be acceptable to the Zulu audience. One thing about the Zulu audience is that they pride themselves when it comes to their language. The misconception that people always have about translation is thinking that anyone can become a translator just because they are fluent in more than two languages or so. But that is where they're wrong. To become a good translator, you need at least some sort of training, like going to study at a college or university, because there's a lot that needs to be considered when translating from one language into the other. Carrying on with this explanation, Zuzile tells us why her job is not as easy as people think it is. Just like any other language, there's a lot of words or idioms that maybe mean the same thing. Also, when it comes to Isizulu, same thing applies. But as a translator, you must know your terminology that has been standardized, the correct idioms, and so forth. Ever since the death of the king of the Zulu nation, King Kutulizulitinigapegizulu, we had to make sure that we translate our material respectfully because we were not just writing about an ordinary person but the Zulu king who, who was and still is respected by many. For example, words like isitumbu is not appropriate but, but rather say umzimba. The words isitumbu and umzimba are used when referring to the body of a deceased person. And also instead of saying that the king has died, ushonile, rather say inkosi ikotem. So things like that really need to be taken into consideration. Zuzile explains how she has experienced the translating process, also touching on the resources that she uses to support this part of her work. At first, it used to take me some time to translate all stories at once. But with experience, it has gotten a bit easier, even though some days the work can be so overwhelming. But I can say that maybe it takes me roughly two to three hours a day to translate eight to nine stories, depending on the length of the material. There are no definite tools that I can say they help me to translate, but I do some research on some of the terminology that has been standardized or updated under the PENSLAB, which is the Pen South African Language Board, which is an organization in South Africa established to promote multilingualism, to develop the 11 official languages and to protect language rights in South Africa. Over and above the work Zuzile does as a translator, she is also the host of the ScrollerCast a daily news roundup bulletin that is shared with over 130 local radio stations. I am Zuzile Nlela and this is your Scroller Radio News. In our first story today, a frontline worker and medical scientist from South Africa has made history by becoming the first black woman to be crowned Miss Island in the competition's 74-year history. Zuzile shares how she has been finding this part of her job. When it comes to the scroller cast, I must say that there hasn't been that much of a challenge because I only have to record myself reading the material that has been selected by the editor-in-chief and sent to me. 
of which I'm very good at reading. The only thing that is a challenge is finding a quiet place to record since I'm working from home and also my voice projection needs to be perfect. Since we are working from home, load shading has been a challenge to all of us, you know, because we need a network for the internet to conduct some of our work, sending of emails and so forth. Zukile then shares the organization's motivation behind providing the audiences with the daily scroller cost as their second offering. Well, from the very beginning, we we identified that there was a shortage or at least a shortage of news that was relevant uh, to to a certain market that we are interested in in South Africa. I mean, everybody is trying to to write for the black market, but not necessarily fully committed, uh, largely because of previous assumptions that this market might not have uh, the, the, the buying power, might not interest uh, some advertisers and all of that. This is a market that has been ignored. Uh, we decided to go straight for that market. Once the gap in the market was identified, it was now a matter of reaching the market in the best way possible. We made a decision that to penetrate this market, we need to deal with, we need to work with community radios because they are at the core of the market. Community radios, community uh, publications, community newspapers, uh, and all sorts. And we then realized that the, because of revenue and all of that, they don't have the resources to go out there and get news uh, that they would want to broadcast to their people. And we thought, well, look, we can share resources with, uh, with, this, with this market. Let's produce a bulletin for them, um, at least in the morning. Maybe they'll, they'll, by the time 10, 11, 12 midday hits, uh, they can get some stuff from the other radio, from the TV and all of that. Speaking about reaching markets, journalist at Scroller, Siswe Sibia, explains how they source their citizen-focused stories. We source our stories from the people. I get tip-offs, then I go where the story took place if I have to. And it happens that sometimes it's something that can be done using a cell phone. It also happens that you get a, a press release that gives you a story idea. And then you you get the numbers of the people involved or with the facts from the communications person who gave you the press release. Zukile explains why this method of news reporting is important for them as an organization. Uh, media houses write stories without actually getting to the person, especially the small person. A lot of stories are written from the official point of view, from from the press statement, uh, from the spokesperson of the minister. So people tend to get surprised when when you phone them and they are in a village in the Eastern Cape and and, and you're saying that I'm from Scroller, it's a digital uh, news platform. We want to talk to you about uh, stock theft. You you lost lost so many cattle, etc., etc. People are surprised. Because they are used to their issues being discussed in the news without them being part of that or having a say. He further touches on one of the foundations of the organization and how it contributes to the news they collect and are able to report on. The very foundation of this of this newsroom is, is based on, 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 on freelancers. It's based on almost citizen journalism. Uh, you can work for Scroller without necessarily being a journalist, but if, you, if, you, if, if you've got access to news and, and a burning desire to be a photographer, you can be a photographer without ever being uh, to photography school. We, we are looking for news everywhere, in Limpompo, in the villages, in Cape Town, uh, in, in the Cape Flats, in, in, in deep KwaZulu-Natal, deep Eastern Cape. We are looking for news 
everywhere. Sisu then touches on how they distribute their news on a free instant messaging application called Ayoba. This platform offers users both a free messaging service as well as a free news service. The scroller is one of their news providers. We distribute our our news via our news site Scroller Africa and via our mobile app which is available on Google Store. And we also have the free messenger apps like the Ioba Messenger app and Moya Messenger app which are also available on Google and they, they run data free. In addition to that, we have our social networks where we share our news daily, like Twitter and Facebook. We also have a YouTube account where we upload our videos. With their content being distributed on an array of platforms, Caesar shares some of their audience statistics. Um, we have over 1 million people who have downloaded the Moya app where you can read our stories for free. And on the Ioba app, we have over 81,000 subscribers and we are exposed to over 10 million people who have downloaded the Ioba app. And last time I checked, we had over 400,000 readers on our news site. In addition to what Sizwe has shared, Sukila describes some of the audience feedback. The feedback... The numbers are just amazing. In the different platforms, not even on a single platform, right across, uh, whether we are on Twitter, Facebook, on, on our sites, uh, in Ioba, um, the numbers are amazing. I think we've got more than 100,000 on Ioba platforms. Uh, so the feedback has been amazing. I mean, even in the beginning, it was really difficult. You could put a story there and people would read, not comment, people were not sure. In addition to what Sizwe has shared, Zukila describes some of the audience feedback. Stories are short. They are roughly 300 words, 250 to 350 words. Even very complex political stories, we always find a way of writing uh, in such a way that they, they, they outline the meaning. What does it mean to the reader? What does it mean to society? Why should you care about, about this story? Those are the critical things. But for general stories, we put people first. We, we, we hate writing about issues. We, we want to write about people. Obviously, issues do affect people, but we, we are interested in how people are affected as opposed to writing a story about the launch of a dam. There is a dam that's going to be launched. It might create so many jobs and blah, blah, blah. We'd rather go to the people. That's always our focus. Uh, uh, we're always reminding each other that... Uh, uh, people, put, put put people in the story, you know, everything else follows that. He then touches on some of the reasons why he believes that they have gotten this reception from the audiences. Zulu people are very pr- proud people. They are proud of their language. Uh, you don't, you shouldn't be offended uh, uh, if someone gives a feedback. Uh, you have to understand they are that type of people. They are very proud of their traditions, as we were seeing now uh, with, with the death of the king and now uh, the anointing of a new king. If you are going to write for them, you've got to understand that and, and, and you've got to appreciate that. Uh, uh, and when the feedback comes back, clean up what you need to clean up. And or if you need to explain, make people understand the differences with spoken Isizulu and written Isizulu. Sometimes those are the issues. We take, we take the language and, and its people very seriously. I think that's why the, the feedback is quite good. Sukile then shares some of the challenges that they have faced as an organization. Barely for a long time with the fact that there are so many the, with a name like Scholar people don't normally understand. I mean, things like daily news are normally the news 
uh, uh, names that you would have. And we came in at a time when the world had major problems with fake news, you know. So when you're aiming this digital space, uh, putting a lot of work in, 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 produ- in providing a content that is credible, uh, that is professionally uh, well-written and all of that, and you, you just come into this world of fake news. So we battled a lot with that, especially as far as social media is concerned. But people are coming around. People are coming around a lot these days. Even with the presence of challenges, CISO shares some of the latest developments they have managed to incorporate into the organization. We have also started distributing our scrollercast via YouTube. And we have also launched the scroller Africa Data Light website, that is another way of making sure that our readers get access to exclusive stories every day with zero charges on data. Zukile then touches on how they have managed to use the realities that come with COVID-19 to their advantage. At a time of, of, of COVID, uh, such frustrations are now able to, to allow us to unleash so many ideas and, 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 and make things work. Um, uh, for instance, Sizwe uh, uh, and Zuzi and myself have never met. You know, I recruited Zuzi and Spongile into into Scroller, uh, but we've we've never met, and we've been working now for almost a year uh, together. And those are the realities: taking advantage of the digital age and not crying foul and crying about about COVID, but making it work. further explaining how their unique selling point has been elevated due to the pandemic. It's, a, it's an important product that we are producing in terms of even with COVID messaging. The market that we have been able to generate so quickly of over 400,000 people, if now there's going to be a change of COVID messaging and people are talking about the third wave, we are now among the fastest uh, 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 conveyors of news and and and, and conveyors of, of of those kind of uh, um, new message pa- packaging. Uh, for instance, that people now must be must be more serious. There's going to be changes around funerals and all of those things because of the numbers that are picking up. It's a it's a resource that has absolutely no limits, even at a time like this. Lastly, Zukile then touches on the future plans for the organization with regards to the development of the daily publication. We are going to introduce a, a, a sports channel. We are not really interested in, in, in the PSL, that is the main, the main uh, sport that much, because everybody knows about it. Kaiser Chiefs played Pirates and uh, we beat them. Uh, but there's, there's lower division clubs that are now funded. The, the Patrice Mutsepe League uh, is now heavily funded. That, but no one is interested in that league saying who's number one, who who won the last weekend, who's got what points, etc. And these things are very close to to people. So we are identifying gaps uh, in the broader market in South Africa. And this is one of the gaps that we have identified. And, and we think it's going to do very well. This has been Media Diaries the new normal edition, and I'm Amina Deka Asma. The show has been brought to you by the South Africa Media Innovation Programme and produced by Volume. Check out more information about the show either at www.volume.africa or at SAMIP's website, samip.mdif.org. That's samip.mdif.org. The music for this series is composed by John Bartman. Next week, we will go inside another media organisation, and see how they are coping and innovating when it comes to reporting during this crisis. Goodbye.
volume.